From a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation? Intriguing stories and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca, your host, and I want to hear from you to let me know what you're thinking. Any comments or questions, suggestions, or maybe you even have a pushback is always welcome. You can email me at info at talkwithfrancesca.com, or you can go right to my website and fill out the contact form. I promise I will get right back to you. This portion of Talk with Francesca is sponsored by Varied Rosen Design. She is an amazing interior designer I know because I used her she's patient and understanding and oh so talented she knows how to turn your house into a home so call her today at 617-584-9965 now what are you waiting for all right next up nothing to do this weekend I'm giving away a gift certificate worth a hundred dollars to Terramia Restaurante in the North End all you got to do is send me an email and put in the subject line North End Terramia the fifth emailer wins it so jump on your computer now all right we've got enough housekeeping going so I just want you to listen up get a pen paper and take some notes because if you're single and tired of being single you might want to stay tuned here do you love the singles lifestyle but feel you should be a couple are you ready to kick the should out of your life try this new mantra on for size mirror mirror on the wall it's my life it's my call that's not mine. <laughs> it isn't. But anyway, um, how does that sound? If you're ready to be the love of your own life, bringing the joy you seek by living happily ever after with yourself, then you'll want to stay with me here because we're going to be talking about embracing your singleness. With me today is Dr. Angeletta Gordine. She's the owner of Revisions. It's Listen to this. It's a salon where you make over your relationships starting with the one that you have with you. We're going to be talking about the life you want and letting go of the life you think you should have. So hello, Angeletta, and thanks for joining us today on Talk with Francesca. Hi, Francesca. I'm glad to be here. Uh, it's, and it's actually Angelita. Oh, Angelita. I am... Yes. Lita. <laughs> what did I say? Angelina? Angeletta. Angelita. With an I. Well, yes. thank you for making that correction. It's like when someone yes, no calls problem. me anything but Francesca, it drives me <laughs> nuts. Um, okay, but let's start with you. Um, tell, tell me about your salon. That's a very interesting choice of words. Yeah. 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 So the salon, it sort of plays on two ideas. Of course, because I work with single women, the most immediate connotation is the salon where we go to get our hair done or nails done. Um, and it's that idea of consulting with a professional who helps you to achieve a certain look that you're going for. And then the second part comes from my other life as, um, as an academic and the idea of a salon being a place where people get together to discuss pressing issues and ideas. So in my practice, I sort of combine those two things. Um, I work with women 
to make over their relationship, as you said in the introduction. And how we do that is through intense conversation and deep diving into the issues and situations and concerns that organize their lives, that organize the life they're currently living and how that influences um, prevents or enables them to have the life that they want. So are you a single woman? Yes, I am. And were you I, unhappy about being single or did you consciously choose to be single? Um, I think a little of both. Um, when I was growing up, like as a child, and I imagined like what my life would be when I became an adult, I never imagined myself being a married person. Hmm. Um, I just always imagined me in my life doing whatever I wanted. And I never, I never considered that um, a problem or wrong in any way until I reached, until I got of age. Um, of age and, where you're supposed to be married? Is that what you where, mean? Yes, yes, that where yeah. I reached that age yeah. where yeah. people around me started mm. wondering, like, well, are you going to get married? Like, are you thinking about getting married? And then I, I internalized their anxiety. What age and, was that? Um, what, what age was that? It's about, it's about 30. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. The 30 um, mark. Yeah. Oh, I remember turning 30 like, <gasps> now if yeah. I could only like, turn oh back God. the clock to that age. Ooh. <laughs> But anyway, my life is over. My yeah. life is over. Yeah, yeah. I've gotta, yeah, gotta find find someone to validate my world. And um, so I isn't went that the truth? Women feel so much that that's the case. I'm curious. Do you think men feel that way as well? Um, I think men experience it, but for different reasons. Um, I think one of the things that drives men to get married, um isn't so much isn't so much personal like like validation or the like the need that they that they're less than or incomplete if they're not married they're driven more by an impulse to complete another person can you that, tell tell us more about that so i think the the yearn for women is that we're not full unless we're married. And the marriage part is connected to bonding, but it's also connected to reproduction, right? Because we, we're, we're supposed to have this sort of natural drive to reproduce. And that's like the message that we get. Our goal is to be fruitful and multiply, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but I think but that's, for men, I, that's a different, that's a different, a message is different than feeling biologically a certain way. Right. 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 So, and, yeah, go ahead. So, the, and so the biological imperative for men is still like reproduction. Yes. But it's not, it's not as mandatory for them as it is for women because the bi- biological reality is that women actually carry the baby right so there's so there's a physiological part that men don't have and because they're because of that physiology their desire for connection 
has an extended lifespan or an extended shelf life, right? Right. But again, is that something that is a message from culture or do you think that's something that is biologically within all women? Because there are clearly women who absolutely never have a desire to have a child. Right. And don't have any, have any, any desire whatsoever, uh, you know, and none. So are you saying that that's a biological thing with women or just some women? Oh, no, I'm not, um, as one of those women who, does, who doesn't have the desire to have children, um, I I think that it is not, I don't believe that it is something like that naturally happened. I think that a lot of the, a lot of the psychological innateness that we attach to it is from social and cultural messages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think the social messages exacerbate oh. um, our feeling that this is natural. Right. Yeah. It, it, and likewise, and likewise, if we don't have that, if we don't, if we're not driven to have children, the social and cultural messages exacerbate a sense that something's wrong with us, that somehow we're defective or deficient or something because we don't have that drive. But, but I think that the women who are very clear about not wanting children or maybe not mm-hmm. even wanting a relationship, I think the way they project out that message to people, um, it makes a big difference in how they are are viewed, um, yes. responded to, yes. y- you know, if, so if... I were to say to a woman who was absolutely positively clear, you know, are you? Well, I wouldn't ask a woman, "Are you going to have children?" Anyway, but if I did, and <laughs> and the woman said, "Well, no, I'm, you know, I've never been interested in that," and just sort of a matter of fact way, no, I've, that's not the life that I want to, that I've chosen or that I choose. I, I think that I, I think that our culture responds to the way we feel about ourselves as well. I mean, there may be judgments, you know, under the breath, mm-hmm. but but I think that people are more accepting of your decision when you're more accepting, when, when you have accepted your decision, you're comfortable with your decision. Would you agree with that? Yes, I do. I do think that, um, that our own, that our own sense of security and groundedness mm-hmm. in our decisions and our choices at least, um, shape what people are comfortable saying to us about those decisions and choices mm-hmm. because I think, I think that there is a, there, I, I believe that there is a steady level of social judgment mm-hmm. about women who choose uh, to not partner or to not have children. But I think the degree to which a person feels comfortable articulating that mm-hmm. or expressing their judgments about that that it's conditioned by how that woman presents it, right? Because right. you can present it, you can present it in an antagonistic way. Like you have some women who are very open, like I don't really like children, so I don't want to have them, right? right? And so that gets a certain kind of response. Sure, right. As opposed like to someone who couldn't who like says, children, right? <laughs> right. As opposed to someone who says, oh, well, you know, that's just not for me. It doesn't suit my personality. It doesn't suit where I want to be in my life. It's just not something that works for me. Like, that's a different, right? That's a different 
context and a different framing that I think people may be less likely to immediately feel judgmental about. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And it's not I just, agree with you. you know, this is interesting. Um, I remember this movie, White Oleander. Do you remember that movie? Did you ever yes, see it? Yes, yeah. And yes. I mean, it's a long time ago. And, I, you know, the movie just kind of went through my head. And I don't even know if I can remember exactly. But I remember the mother who was Michelle Pfeiffer saying to her daughter, you were just so, you were just pulling at me and wanting from me. And she was, a, uh, the yes. mother was an artist. And it was just like, yes. you were just an annoyance, you know. And, and um, you know, it was very sad, obviously. But but, you know, there are people that they just have other desires. It doesn't make them good mm-hmm. or bad. It just makes them who they are. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's crazy that the way our culture judges that because, you know, I think it puts added pressure on women that they don't right. need to have, not to mention that then children right. sometimes are brought into the world that, that they really didn't want in the first place, but it was like what they right. were, what they were supposed to do. But we're going off a little bit on a tangent right. on children, but I right. um, just wanted to, but, go ahead. But I do think, I, I mean, it's interesting that's actually one of my favorite movies, White Oleander. Me too. And the, Me too. <laughs> the thing that's so powerful I think about the movie in this context is that it's not just the mothering that drives that that drives the woman right it's the partnering right mm-hmm. and her compulsion oh, she right. feels compelled like to partner and right. so the child is a consequence of that compulsion right yes. and so so she has she has maternal ambivalence but it's it's as a part of the push to be in a relationship and to partner. To partner there's like, the moment yeah, where she says that she thought that she had invested like everything in this man mm-hmm. and that it made her life complete, right? She mm-hmm. had this artist life with this perfect man and things were supposed to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think that the movie does do the whole maternal thing, but it also does the thing about relationships and that compulsion to partner. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's a funny thing, or I don't know if the word is exactly funny, but, you know, I mean, more than 50% of marriages fail. I mean, you know, I, right. I think there are at this point more single people out there than married. Um, so it, right. would, it would be, we are the majority. So yes, the single people are the majority, but, um, so I think that, yeah. And especially women, um, going back to children for a second, um, if it's about having a family, when women, by the time they turn approach 40, you know, it's like all heck breaks mm-hmm. loose. Um, and then there's also, you know, I think there's some interesting fears that, that women, um, have and I'll, I'll just share some of the ones that I feel and you know you can you can tell me what you think but you know some women I think are, are concerned about coming across as as promiscuous like you know what's the matter with them that they can't mm-hmm. settle with one person and then there's the you know mm-hmm. they have the fear that they're they're going to settle um right you right. know um but but by far I think it, the fear of growing old, the, the shrinking social right. networks, you know, once the friends get married, it can be hard to maintain those friendships, no matter what they say, right? If I had a dime for right. every 
time, a girlfriend said to me, I would never abandon my friendships um, for a romantic relationship. I'd be one rich woman, (laughs) you know, because, because they do, they can't help it. It's almost like a, it's like the endorphins kick in. It's like this, you know, this drug and it's a, it's a biological drug that kicks in because they're in love and, you know, I don't know if it's love or whether it's this, this thing that they're partnering, whatever it is, um, it's something, but, but they do, women do do that. And, um, so, you know, that's some of the, the thoughts that I have. And, um, you know, I think one of the biggest ones, uh, is the fear of being judged. I mean, I think that's, that's yes. just a huge yes. one. And a lot of people don't understand the conscious yes. choice to be single. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I do, I think that the, the fears that you talk about, that you talked about are, um, <clears throat> are highly reflective in the comments and the, the stories that I hear, like from my clients and one of the two of the big ones that you mentioned are the fear of growing old alone, right? And that's How a am real I going to manage that? That is real, right? Though, right. Too, because as you do right. get older, you know that things do happen, and and it can be right. scary, right? Right. And it, and then that's a part of how the social mechanism that drives partnering, right? How that works because we as single people we don't necessarily get or as women, we don't get information of, um, in terms of how to make financial choices and how to organize our lives for that moment, right? And that's because where the salon the, comes in, is that right? Right, exactly. Because yeah. there's the social mechanism that your husband is, is going to do that or there's going to be somebody else who does that. So it's a reorienting of thinking and um, dealing with um, and introducing women to to the culture in a different way, right? That is self-preservationist, that is self-focused and self-directed. So, and so then this, the, the other, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay. And so the other one that you mentioned is the fear of being seen as promiscuous, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that one is also connected to these larger sort of social messages about sexuality and about sex. Cause it's, it's the assumption that everyone is having sex or that everyone wants to have sex, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no sense of women being able to control or uh, to control their sexuality or that they may, there may be women who are not sexually attracted to men or have no sexual desire, like they may, they may be asexual, mm-hmm. and that may dictate their desire to not partner. So there are all of these limiting social spaces within which women have been located and escaping them and, or even just saying I live outside of them creates a level of anxiety and fear, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fear of fear of judgment. Right. 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 If you're just tuning in, you're listening to talk with Francesca and um, we're talking about being single, getting a bad rap. Far too many people think of it as a temporary (laughs) pit stop on the road to being properly coupled up. But for many of us, especially those who are divorced are moving on from a long-term relationship. Being single isn't just a relationship status. It's a choice that some women willfully make. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk more about it. Stay with us here. Want to know the best-kept secret north of Boston? The beautifully manicured nine-hole hot golf club is a no-brainer for a great place to relax, dine, and unwind. 
John Moore, owner of the famous Navy Yard Bistro and Wine Bar in Charlestown, has opened Seasons Restaurant at the Nahant Golf Club. Come for golf and great food and stay for the community feel. Meet old friends or make new ones. Visit Seasons Restaurant at the Nahant Golf Club today and enjoy the seasonally inspired menu serving lunch and dinner with live music on the weekends. Nahant Golf Club, One Willow Road in Nahant. Now what are you waiting for? Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723. Or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com. It's time to refresh the look of your home. You have some ideas on how you want it to look, but you don't know where to start. You need someone who can work with the styles you like and the ideas you have to make it all happen. Someone who will help you avoid costly mistakes and overspending on the wrong stuff. Pick up the phone and call Vered Rosen today. She's one of the most experienced interior designers in Greater Boston, and she's always there to help you. Call 617-584-9965 or at VeredRosenDesign.com. We are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Angelita Gordine. Did you did I pronounce that properly this time, Angelita? Yes, it's Angelita. Yeah. Good, 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 good. All right. So, um, you know, I think that what it really comes down to is that do we want to be a character in someone else's life story or be really the star of our own? And I think that, you know, some women um, – you know, I guess what I'm curious about is, are you coaching women who are, this is the way they want it to be, but they are having trouble with the messages? Or are these women who don't want to be, don't want it to be this way and are looking to partner up? Or is it both? It's, it's both. And sometimes, like I just, I just had a client who came to me because she wanted to be in a relationship and wasn't able to find one, right? Mm -hmm. And over the course of our working together, one of the things that we, that she realized is maybe it's, maybe I'm not finding a relationship because I don't really want to be in one. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and so that's, that's like a part of it as well. It's like, there's subconsciously yeah. I know that yeah. I don't want to be in a relationship. And so I pick relationships that don't work so that I can prove to myself that I don't, that relationships don't work. So then I can justify being alone rather than coming to terms with, I don't want to be in a relationship and how am I going to manage that? Right. right. So there right. are those, there's that Mm. and Mm. then there are women who know that they don't want to be in a relationship but don't know how to establish like proper boundaries around what they let in from other people about that choice you know yeah 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 i mean people avoid relationships obviously for reasons um that that aren't based on a, a lack of a desire but 
Um, but right. sometimes because they have trouble in relationships, like you say, I remember one morning I was taking a walk and remember talking to my neighbor who is in her late fifties and has absolutely no desire to be in a relationship. Um, you know, she has boundary issues and she said so, and she's uncomfortable. She's avoidant, you know, fearful, you know, basically repelled by the idea of joining in any meaningful emotional exchange because she feels that when it ends and she believes it ultimately will, which of course that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's another whole show, but, but right. (laughs) Right. But but she believes that. And then she says she just completely and utterly falls apart. So so therefore, um, you know, she's not even willing to go down that road, but very clear about it. But yet I also sense a feeling of but she wishes she could. And, you know, I I could be wrong, but that that is my God. So, you know, that's kind of a sad um you know, situation. I mean, that's a whole lot different than, you know, enjoying cultivating your individuality, Um, you know, and you're having an opportunity to increase your self-awareness. Right. You know. And that's one of the things, that's one of the things that I deal with, like, uh, first and foremost, it's it's what's driving, like, what's driving your anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. If your anxiety is to be in a relationship or your anxiety is to articulate that I want to be single, like, what's driving the anxiety? Is it fear or is it, like, is it something that's, like, more value-driven, right? What do you mean by that? that? Well, so my anxiety could come from I have this deep-seated, I have this sort of deep respect for my parents and the idea of going against my parents. Oh yeah. Right. Mm. So that's like a value. That's like a value. Mm -hmm. So how do I honor, how do I honor that value and honor my desire? Right. So how do I create and, and fundamentally it's about boundaries, I think, because in boundary in establishing boundaries, you, you say, this is where you end and this is where I begin. And there's a point like where we can meet, but we have to meet on equal footing, right? Out of respect for you and out of respect for me. And so around the issue of being single, that's one of the greatest, um, that's one of the biggest limits, I think, is that sense of not honoring my parents or not honoring my family and the value of family, mm-hmm. right? Am I, am I going against a fundamental value that I have, which is I believe in family by not choosing to have my own family. So that, that's what mm-hmm. I mean by like mm-hmm. a value driven mm-hmm. um, anxiety versus a fear driven anxiety, which is what you described with, with, um, with right. your neighbor. Well, or, so, you know, maybe they have an intense, unmeetable need and they know it. And so they're right. just too fearful of getting into a relationship. But I want to back up here just a second because you said something that reminded me. I, I'm uh, trained in internal family systems therapy and I was, and this was a course I'd taken many years ago. And there was a woman in our class and, you know, part of our training was that we, you know, had to sort of we had counseled one another and um, she which was just shocking first of all in those days I don't even re- I don't think I even knew what a polyamorous or a, yeah a, yeah polyamorous yeah, relationship polyamory. yeah I didn't even know what it was right like how naive was that huh but anyway I didn't even know so um 
but I learned. And um, for those of you that don't know, it is um, having several relationships with um, several people. They can either be heterosexual um, or not. Um, but but your partner knows that you have more than one relationship and your partner has mm-hmm. more than one relationship. They're very, very um, unique lifestyle. Um, but, you know, I, I won't, you know, pass judgment on it because, I, you know, it's really, it, it's not for me to do so. But... But it was interesting. I mean, this woman had a lot of, you know, she was a very evolved woman. And she really, you know, she liked loving more than one person. And she, mm-hmm. somehow or another, she got her partner on board with that. And, and 12 years later, uh, they were married. But but during, but her, her problem was um, just what you said, family. Her parents were just horrified. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I remember specifically her parents saying, like, well, what are you getting married for? Like, what is the purpose? And I mean, it's a legitimate, you know, question came in for sort of a mm-hmm. judgment, uh, mental format there. But nonetheless, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the parents had, you know, they were questioning this and the daughter was very, you know, torn up because she loved her family, but she was very clear that this is where I begin and you end or vice versa, as you said. Mm-hmm. And so it was really, um, you know, a fascinating dynamic. Um, but, you know, and as I learned about it, I, I, I at first it was like, what are you crazy? <laughs> you know, like, but as I learned about it, it wouldn't be a lifestyle for me, for sure. But I, I you know, I, I could hear where she was coming from and what that was about. And besides, it's really not about right. what we think. It's about the person being comfortable in right. their own skin. Um, right. Right. And that's the second. That's the second part. Like, that's another part of this, right? If, if it is that you want to be in a relationship, then you have to. Con- then one of the then the things that you consider are why do you want to be in a relationship? Like, what are you looking to get out of this relationship, out of a relationship? And who do you want to be in a relationship with? And not just the esoteric, like, I want someone who's handsome. I want someone who's funny. I want someone who dresses nice. I want someone who's attractive. Like, not those kind of things, but the core things, like the attitudes of the person, like the beliefs of the person, like what, does a good relationship look like or feel like for you? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where something like that's where something like polyamory makes sense mm-hmm. because it could it's possible for some people that all the things that they need or that they want from a relationship can't be found in one person. Of course, we're talking about not having a relationship at all, but rather one with ourselves instead of having several. But, you know, just want to veer... Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to talk with Francesca, uh, far from the strangely pervasive idea that being single equates to soul shattering loneliness, single women are actually more socially connected than their married counterparts. And there was mm-hmm. a recent study found that never married singles were actually more likely to have active social lives than married couples. Uh, couples you know, yeah. women can, you know, can focus. I'm not, you know, yaying or naying either lifestyle, but women really, it gives them an opportunity to focus on more when they're unencumbered by a partner, not to mention that, by the way, the critics um, have, you know, from a business perspective, have a great reason to be critical. First of all, uh, there are multi-billion dollar industries that are held up by traditional marriage. I mean, you got the dating sites, you got the dresses, you got the diamonds. So there's Always right. going to be not pressure. to mention, yeah, not to mention all the 
accoutrements that go with that, right? They have, mm-hmm. they now have themes, retreat, like three theme trips for brides and bridesmaids or, right? So there's right. multi-billion dollar industries that revolve around. Well, you know, I mean, and there will always be the pressure of those who profit profit from the good old-fashioned wedding oh boy i remember my first marriage yeah. holy smoly i knew i was i was you know as young but i knew i was doing the wrong thing but i was gonna be damned if i wasn't wearing that dress right right i mean but right. that's stupid but you know as a kid we do that stuff you know um but that's the narrative but that's the narrative right so the the story of marriage is the wedding Mm-hmm. Right, oh, um, because they say every woman, every woman dreams of the perfect wedding. You don't, you don't dream about perfect marriage. You dream about, you dream about the perfect wedding. You know what? And that is so, so true because that's exactly what I yeah. remembered. And I remember the next day waking up and going, "Oh my word!" And now it's over. <laughs> but you know, there's also. Yeah, but you know, the other thing is, too, that women often base their self-esteem, um, you know, on these dominant values of our culture, yeah. um, you know, and obviously people are going to hassle us based on, um, you know, what they may actually feel. And, um, but, you know, it's 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 not a good thing. It's, it's not good, and I think it makes it awfully challenging um, for women. Yeah. And, right? Right. I mean. Yeah, it, but. Yeah, and I think to go back to what you were talking about before about when what happens when women like get in relationships and they say, "Oh, I'm going to keep my girlfriend." I mean, I am an I am an unabashed advocate for single women and for women who want to live single. But alongside of that, I'm an advocate for women maintaining their singleness, like even when you're in a relationship. Mm. Singleness is important. It is important to your your sort of individual growth and your individual development and that you, who you are yourself and that your identity does not get consumed by this new relationship that you you've entered with this other person. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a sad thing. I have a friend, I love her to pieces. She's she's an awesome woman. And then she's very, she's a great, great person, but I'll tell you, she's been in a relationship with a guy for a while now, three months. Her whole life evolves around this man. Her entire life to the detriment of, you know, I mean, it's a problem. I mean, it's really, really a problem. And even if the relationship were able to last, which I I really question, but let's say that it could. So, but actually, I don't even know how that can possibly be. If your entire life evolves around a man, every move he makes, every thought he, he has, um, you know, what did he mean by that? You know, this this incredible, <laughs> intense, you know, having to know where he's coming from. I, I frankly can't right. imagine how a relationship like that can work. Right. Um, unless right. the guy is so controlling that he likes it that way. Um, you know, what right. are your thoughts? I mean, I just, you know, Which, it's a concern for me. Yeah, and I've, that, said and so. I've said, you know, you gotta, you gotta get your, your, your stuff together here. I mean, this is just utter BS. If you, if you keep this up, I mean, you know, right. if this relationship falls apart, you'll die or, you know, you won't die, but you know, I mean, right. this is serious but stuff. There is a devastation that happens. And um, in my practice, I've had two um, married couples as clients and in each of those instances, it's exactly like what you're describing, where one partner has totally surrendered themselves like to the marriage and 
for in one in one instance for the for the man it became very burdensome mm-hmm. like that, that right. everything about that his wife depended on him like for everything and he wanted to encourage her like to do things and to sort of develop herself mm-hmm. but she interpreted that as somehow um, fracturing the relationship, right? Mm. Like that he was pushing her away. And mm. so, again, I want to say, like, I, I fundamentally believe that singleness, that it is a value and it is a lifestyle that can um, be empowering for women who choose not to partner, but it can also be empowering for women who choose to partner, Right. Because because what you're describing, that sort of codependent in a relationship, mm-hmm. it's not healthy for the person who surrendered themselves, but it's not it's also not healthy for the person to whom they've given themselves. Yeah, but why because would now that person's person responsible right. now responsibility that responsible exactly. for you and for your for your happiness and and, and that comes overbearing, I think. It can be very hard for the other person. Yeah. And so what I talk about the, with couples is I talk about moving sort of to interdependent, which is where I'm in a relationship. You have these two independent people who have these uh, nexuses, <laughs> nexuses of dependence right Mm -hmm. where each person in the in the intimate relationship is responsible for their own feelings but they're also responsible or they take the responsibility to empower the other person to nurture and to grow in their own feelings Mm -hmm. so you you own who you are but you're also invested in who the other person is right if you're so just tuning in, I think you're listening. the thing of interdependence is mm-hmm. the way. Yeah, they definitely. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to talk with Francesca. Thanks to the overwhelming presence of society's ridiculous standards for women, our early years are shaped by the idea that our worth is dependent on our ability to find a mate, and that our spouse is our most important adult relationship. Simply put, we're not complete until we find our other half. We are going to take a short break, and when we come back. We'll be talking more about it. Stay with us here. If you're anything like me, your dog is no different than your child. That's when I can't take my fur baby with me. I bring him to Goodfellas Doggy Daycare at 20 Thresher Street, right on Route 1 North in Saugus. They offer separate play areas for big and small dogs, a full-size saltwater swimming pool, and top-notch training from puppy to adult. Goodfellas Doggy Daycare, we're your family. And with them, it's personal. Visit goodfellasdoggydaycare.com today. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on the Hunt Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza. 
that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. We are back and you're listening to Talk with Francesca and we are talking about how society um, places these these uh, rules um, and standards for women um, by, uh, by the idea that our worth is dependent on our ability to find a mate um, and that our spouse or our significant relationship is the most important relationship. And I'm talking with Dr. Angelita Gordine about how that doesn't have to be the case and how we can change that. So welcome back, Angelita. And um, so let's talk about the trailblazer, you know, the woman who's happy going against the grain and staying solo just because marriage isn't for her. Sort of describe that woman, just sort of kind of give us a visual. Well, <clears throat> well it's, it's simple. It's simple in all the ways that it's complicated. It's someone who is very Mm self-driven, self-focused and determined, self-determined, able to articulate very clearly what their boundaries are, um, very anchored in their own values, what works for them, what doesn't work. And at the same time, she's able to extend herself to other people. And so to have fulfilling relationships, to have rewarding relationships, rewarding for her, but where the other people feel acknowledged and recognized and appreciated as well. So um, in terms of like sort of social being, there, there are any number of ways this person could appear like in the world. They, they can be professionals, like professionals in terms of like in a corporate place, they can be artists. Creative, and um, mainly, I think the fulfilled single woman is defined by by her sort of manifesting her values and articulating them in every aspect of her life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think knowing. Um, what's in the baggage that we're carrying and sorting out what's ours and what you picked up from other people that you meet along the way is really helpful. I mean, I, you know, I remember this was a long, long, long time ago. I was talking to a friend and I, all I remember is her talking about her aunt and this gardening thing that she was putting together, really making this elaborate garden. And, and somehow or another came up that she wasn't married and she was, you know, significantly older. And I, and I remember saying she's not happy i mean she's so happy and she's she doesn't even have a relationship i mean i was just a kid at the time but i just remember it because i remember my friend looking at me like what like where on earth does mm-hmm. that that thought process <laughs> come from you know and mm-hmm. uh, it took me many years to get that you know we need to be completely in charge of our own identity and who we are right. and, and what we want and and fulfill our own needs before we could even love anybody fully anyway but right. i mean can you imagine i mean talk about coming from an old-fashioned italian family right. and you know get married and <laughs> babies i mean that was the the message that's the way it is and you know it it just fast forwarding to talking about a a friend who's in her um, early 60s now and and 
she often says, I'd really like to meet a guy. And then, you know, when we start to talk about it, I say, you know what? I'm not so sure you really do want to meet a guy because if you mm-hmm. did, because then she'll go on and say, well, you know, I really like my life the way it is. And I really, um, I, you know, I'm happy doing X, Y, and Z. And I really enjoy this and I really enjoy that. And then so it's like, so why are you saying that you want to meet someone? Because if, because I also feel that if she really did want to meet someone, she really would. Because I don't, I mm-hmm. don't hold the... Um, philosophy or the mindset that that because someone's a certain age they can't meet someone whether it be online or right. where I think if right. I think if you're putting it out there that you really do want to meet someone you probably really will I mean I think if you're available right. it, you know you you put that energy out there and I think if you're 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 pretending you're available or you think maybe not necessarily pretending but if you think you're available but you're really not well that could be an interesting you know that 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 could be an interesting topic <laughs> yeah. to discuss, but so that's kind of what I'm thinking is that when when right. someone really wants that to happen, it does. Right, and I think that and one of the other sort of uh, myths are um, about being single, right, is that single people don't want relationships, right? Mm. And that's not necessarily true. There are singles who like being in relationships. Like being in relationships, but for them, the relationship doesn't end or it doesn't culminate in marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So their idea, so this, so the idea of singleness is about it's about a lifestyle in the sense that it's social differentiation. It's going against the social narrative that women leave their parents and then they go off and find a partner with whom they make a home that's reflective of the home they had with their parents. Right. Mm -hmm. It's different in that it's more about forging a sense of your own identity and creating symbols and um, creating moments that resonate with that personal identity. Right. Yeah. So So, so give us some examples of that. Yeah, so singleness is really about self-possession. So even in a relationship, um, someone who is embracing like their singleness, they have very definitive boundaries with their partner. And they, they have these social spaces wherein this is my space, this is your space. And we can have those separate but connected Mm-hmm. spaces right. so for example um i was in a relationship i was in a relationship with a guy and i'm an avid figure skater mm-hmm. and um you know so it was like okay figure skating it's like my thing i don't need you you can come and watch me but i don't need you to participate with me because this is the space where i go to do my thing and to be with me right mm-hmm. and so that was like a hard thing because um, we're here where I live, they have figure skating where they do it in a big arena, like once a year. And it's like a whole big deal. People come and they, people, people who've never skated before they go and stuff. And so it was around Christmas time and I was like, Oh, they, I'm going to go. It's like, Oh, I want to go. I'm like, no, oh, no, you can come and watch, but I don't want you out there. Okay. Why was like, that? What, 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 why because, you, because, because it was because, just your sacred space. Yeah. It's my thing. And, um, it's not like at some other time, maybe perhaps I would want to share that, but it's figure skating, it's mine. And I 
want when I'm doing it, I want to be doing it. I don't want to be worrying about, okay, are you going to fall down? Are you going to hurt yourself? I need to tell you, like, these are the safety things. Let me, yeah, I don't, I don't want my mind directed in that way. I want to do this thing and focus. And I want you to get joy and pleasure from watching me enjoy this thing that means something to me in the same way when when I watch when I watch you play basketball like I don't want to get out there and do it I just want to watch you do it did the relationship last your thing well it did it but it didn't break up because of that it just broke up because it was done, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> the time, the, you know, the time, yeah. the time had expired. Yeah. Like, okay. That's interesting how you say that. Yeah. Um, so, so. And he moved away and he moved away and I wasn't interested in, in that. And so it just, it was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about communicating your wishes. Um, so. So how that's let's talk about that a little bit, how um, someone can support and nurture you as you pursue a committed relationship to yourself, but at the same time be in a relationship. Right. Well, I think that begin I think that starts when the relationship was sort of building, right? Yes. As my as my as my great grandmother my great grandmother used to always say, "Don't start stuff that you're not going to keep up, right?" Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Some, you're teaching them every some, day. Yeah. So sometimes the relationship we want we want the relationship to work, and so we do all of this stuff, right, to right. get the relationship going and to keep it going. And then once the, once we've settled in and we know that this is the relationship is a real thing, then we want to pull back and be our real selves. Mm. And that doesn't work because it's kind of a it's it's kind of a bait and switch, right? right. And um, if the person that you're in a relationship with isn't on board with that shift, then the relationship can dissolve. So the key is to having the having a self awareness of what it is that you want, what makes a relationship functional for you, what is it that you're willing to give to do in the relationship, and manifesting that in appropriate ways as you're building the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have a niece, and she's she's 17, and so you know they text, they do all this texting all the time. So I talked, I was talking to her about that. He's like, you know, I, I don't think that, do you think like when you talk on the phone, like in the bathroom, like, do you really need to talk on the phone in the bathroom? Like, do you really need to talk to this person four times a day? Like, why are you, why are you doing that? When you go away to college, are you going to still like talk to them four times a day? She says, no, because, you know, I'll have class and I'll have things to do. Well, then what is that going to do to the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So even things as simple as that, like this is just filling my time right now, so I'm going to do it. Over the course of the relationship, that's the conditioning Mm -hmm. that you've put into place, right? Mm -hmm. And so you need to think about that, like, are you, what are you communicating to the person with whom you are in a relationship? But don't you think that's so, very typical of a 17-year-old girl? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> because I'm t- going to tell you something really oh, funny definitely. when you said that. I just thought yeah. that was the funniest thing because yeah. um, when I was 17 years old and obviously living in my parents' house, and in those days we didn't yeah. have cell phones, right? Um, you know, we had the, the phones with the cords, right? And I would drag right. the phone into the bathroom, right. that long cord, right. and shut the door. That's what we all all four of my yeah. sisters did, right? We just did that. That's where we had right. our privacy. And it's, yes, exactly. It's the thing. It's the idea it's the idea of privacy, but the, but one of the things, like when you look at it in retrospect, right, that it is, it is a conditioning behavior mm-hmm. because it's that idea that whenever I have a free moment, I want to spend it talking to this person or being with this person, right? Which when you're 40, you realize that maybe that's a slightly codependent behavior do you think it's codependent or do you think it's just puppy love and i don't think that they're mutually exclusive we'll talk more about that so i i think that idea i think the idea of puppy love and this kind of um unabated desire to spend every moment with someone i think that that is i think that that is yeah virtually um, I think that's leaning toward the codependent. It might be. It yeah, it might be. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know. Now that you mentioned, I think. Right. I think. Yeah. I think, and we I, miss that part. We miss that part of the the joy of being with someone is, is about sharing, right? right? But in order to have something to share, I need to be making the thing that I'm sharing. So if I'm off doing this thing over here and my partner's off doing this thing over there, his thing or her thing over there, when we get together, we have that sharing. And that's what builds intimacy. We're not building intimacy by spending every five, every waking moment with each other. Right. Right. We built, we built intimacy by sharing, by sharing what, each person has that the other person wants or needs or doesn't have right that's what right. the that's what the intimacy building is it's mm-hmm. the learning and the sharing right. and you can't do that if i'm with you right every waking moment that i'm not working or doing my other responsibility. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking to you and all so interesting. Unfortunately, we do have to stop, but I want to thank you for being on Talk with Francesca today. It's really been loads of fun. Yes, it has been. And I'm so happy to have um, had the opportunity to talk with you. Yeah. Is there a website that that our listeners can um, shoot over to? Yes, they can find me at my website at www.revisionscoaching.com. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at Angelita KM, A N G E L E T T A K M, at Angelita KM. And I'm on Facebook Fantastic. as A, yes, that's A K M Gordine, G O U R D I N E. And you can find me in all those places and all also right. email me. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Francesca. Okay. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right. You too. Bye-bye. 
All right, you've been listening to Talk with Francesca. It's time to call it a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share this show with someone you know. Help spread the word to your friends on social media. I'm honored to be on this journey with you. I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a note at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. Have a great week, and we will be back next week, same time, same place. Make it a great week. <music>